0: curling fans you've come to the one place with everything you need involving usa curling and more it's the extra extra in podcast with the 12th in sports network and hosts price atkinson and joe calabrese get ready for everything you need to know news interviews points of view and club spotlights anything involving usa curling can be found here it's the extra extra in podcast with the 12th in sports network now, here are Price and Joe.
1: Thank you, TJ Reeves, and thank you for tuning us in this week. I'm Price Atkinson, and this is also joining me, as usual, the godfather, Joe Calabrese, episode two of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th Sports Network. Joseph, how is it going this week? Another week uh, here on the podcast and uh, a lot of action over the weekend, buddy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I know you're talking about uh, house money, Steve Hauske kicking that game-winning field goal for the Bills, right?
1: <laughs> uh, I was kind of thinking maybe that 63-yard field goal by Graham Gano to be- for the Panthers to beat the Giants as time expired. I think 63 yards takes the cake, buddy.
2: Yeah, uh, well, you know when you're sitting in the end zone of a Bills game and Hauske nails that field goal, you feel pretty good. Bills are on a roll, two out of three wins. But that's not there what we're here go, to talk baby. about. There you
1: go. You know, we, we left off. Let's go ahead and just set the table real quick because this week we've got certainly the segment You Can't Refuse, Your Baby. Um, this week, tell everybody who they're going to hear on the segment You Can't Refuse where we spotlight clubs around the country.
2: Yeah, this week we got Craig Fisher. He's the, one of the co-founders of the Fort Wayne Curling Club and uh, had a great conversation with him a little bit about uh, the origins of the club and how it got started and, and what they're planning to do over the next uh, year or so. Um, pretty exciting stuff, actually.
1: Yeah, so we'll bring that to you. We'll also bring you an interview with Evan Workin. As Evan and his team, they are headed to Canada. Actually, they are in Canada now. They arrived yesterday as they will begin play in the Win Rentals World Mixed Curling Championship. It's kind of odd where you have six months to prepare as they won the, uh, the U.S. Nationals in the spring. So they got to wait through the summer and they will take the ice Saturday, one of 35 countries there in British Columbia competing. So we'll talk with Evan working, and uh, he'll tell us how they prepared, just getting ready. Tyler George has been doing a little bit of work with their team. Also, Coach Derek Brown, the director of the high-performance program with USA Curling. I talked with him just recently at the first Grand Slam event uh, up in Ontario, so we'll bring you that. He'll talk about some of the changes with the coaching staff and – other things around the, uh, the staff side of things with USA curling, but, uh, a loaded episode here this week. So let's get to some of the stuff that happened over the weekend. And I guess let's start the St. Paul cash spiel with all that action that was broadcast on TSN over the weekend.
2: Yeah. Some, some really uh, good stuff there. Regenburg puts together a, a terrific, uh, bond spiel out in St. Paul and, you know, it's sort of a youth led, uh, youth-led, uh Uh, victories here uh, on both sides of things. Uh, Pretty exciting stuff. We got Andrew Stopera and Mark Fenner, who played in the final there. Stopera pulls out a victory on the men's side of things. And uh, Duberstein on the women's side uh, gets the win uh, over Allison Pottinger and uh, and, and Regan's team that we talked about last week. So um, good stuff there by uh, some junior, uh, some young teams. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's it's good. It's it's good for the future of the game to see these teams, you know, that have been put together, uh, take on some veterans and, and pull out some victories.
1: Yeah, Wayne Anderson's team, uh marie Duberstein, Duberstein. They uh, they they win their final, like you said, over Allison Pottinger. But then Corey dropkin and Mark Fenner, Tom Howell, and uh, Alex Fenson, those guys, they come up short again. Second straight event where they make the final, but to come up short, but. You know, I'm kind of with you. You look at the Young Bucks, uh, Stolper and, and Duberstein, pretty awesome finish for, for those two to to win, both junior teams winning that event.
2: Yeah, looking at the playoff tree uh, for the men's side and Stouper took out uh, Richie Ruinen and Todd Burr on his way to the final against Fenner and Dropkin. So um, some good teams that they, they wound up taking on and came out on top.
1: Yeah, so up in Canada a couple of events too north of the border. Let's start with the Stu cells up in uh Toronto. John Schuster the Lone American entry, man. those guy's had a tough weekend. 0 and 3.
2: Yeah, not the not the kind of result that they're looking for. In fact, it, if you kind of look at what happened up in Canada this this past weekend, there weren't a lot of great results for US teams and you know, Schuster now, going 0 yeah. 3 was was probably uh the maybe the most disappointing of the of the week. You know, at the uh, Autumn Gold Curling Classic in Calgary, you had a pair of women's teams,
1: Corey Christensen, Jamie Sinclair. Jamie's team coming up just a little, I believe, one game short of the playoffs there uh, in Calgary. Corey's team uh, went one and three, so they missed out on the playoffs as well. But, yeah, just a, uh, I guess, really a tough overall weekend for the U.S. teams uh, scattered about.
2: Yeah, I mean, the lone team that I know about that qualified in any event was uh, Stephanie Senecker, who, uh, who, Qualified yeah. in the Stu Cells uh, TESN sponsored yep. team, and uh, they were they were two and two, and that was good enough to get them into the uh, the quarterfinals. Or they lost to Julie Tippin, but uh, good result uh, for that team, uh, who has qualified, I think, for two or three events already this season, um, putting them in great position for points for nationals. Yeah, and
1: they're putting in some time because I ran into uh, I ran into Stephanie actually on the final day. Um, or I, I guess I should say at the semifinals uh, up at the last Grand Slam at the, uh, at the Elite 10. And I was surprised when I was walking down the, uh, by the board's ice side, and I, I passed her, and I, <laughs> it was one of those literally slow motion. I back up, and I'm like, hold on, Stephanie, what are you doing here? And, but you know they got there. Her team was arriving early uh, so they could get on the ice and get some practice time uh, before they were going up to Toronto play in the stew cell so the, that team is that team is putting in the time and, and i think it's showing right now
2: yeah you know their coach actually is uh, clark raven from the rochester Curling club I actually had a really good conversation with him yesterday about uh uh-huh. the team and and how well they're doing so far and he's certainly very pleased um we had a really great five rock rule strategy discussion and just about how teams are approaching it is a little bit counterintuitive and it's It's been exciting. So I think we'll have to see how that strategy sort of develops over time. It's definitely different. Um, His perception is that teams seem to be throwing in uh, with their first rock when they don't have hammer and then uh, sort of seeing what happens. But uh, if the uh, team with hammer decides to play offense, they get the chance to guard up their stone twice. So it's it's very tricky um, as this new five rock rule has been put into place. That's kind of just a quick
1: wrap on everything uh, from this past weekend and a little bit. We'll look ahead to the upcoming weekend is uh, you got the Canadens men's classic there in Portage, La Prairie, Manitoba, uh, no Schuster and Ruinin they're going to be playing up there. So we'll talk about that and also mark your calendar, set your DVRs as tonight, this podcast is coming to you on Friday, October the 12th tonight, set your DVRs, get your calendar set Joe, because, curling night in america returns on nbc sports network if you're scoring at home that's an eight o'clock start eastern standard time seven o'clock central john schuster team will be featured in that first game and it'll be a rematch with the italians who they lost to in the olympic games so tonight friday october the 12th the premiere of curling Night america on nbc sports network joe
2: yeah you got to check that out for sure that's going to be a lot of fun all right. We got a ton
1: to bring you here. We got a ton to bring you. We'll start with Evan Working coming up next. Evan uh, is going to be skipping that U.S. Team USA. They will have the Stars and Stripes on their uniform as they begin play uh, in British Columbia at the World Mixed Championships on Saturday morning. They got a long week out there, but we're certainly pulling for them. So we'll talk with Evan Working coming up here next. Then we'll bring you a up- conversation i had with Derek brown at the elite 10 grand slam event in ontario and then joe we've got your specialty segment you cannot miss we will that will bookend you know our, our guest lineup and then you and i will be back to put a bow on this thing and look ahead to the upcoming weekend but when we come back skip evan working as he told me earlier they get they had snow yesterday in fargo well, they're heading to British Columbia. We'll bring Evan Working to you next here on the Extra Extra podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Bryce Atkinson and Joe Galabries will be right back. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra End Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. And, you know, it's it's not very often that you have a national champion have to wait almost half the year to go play in the world championship, but that's exactly what our Team USA mixed uh, nationals team of Jordan Brown, Evan Workin, Rachel Workin, and Christina Lammers have had to do, and now we're joined by the skip of this team, getting ready to head off to the world championship in Canada, up in British Columbia, Evan Workin. Evan, man, how's it going? How How have you guys stayed fresh for six months after winning nationals last spring. I mean, that's kind of an odd situation where you got to carry it over all through the summer. I know we talked on the podcast late last year, you know, just trying to stay sharp over the summer and find ice time wherever you can get it.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's been a a little bit of a challenge, but we've been uh, making a lot of drives down to uh, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, and St. Paul, and and being there as much as we can. Um, We've gotten real familiar with that uh, four-hour car car ride, so (laughs) – um, but yeah, any kind of summer spiel we could get into, um, we've done it, uh, you know, luckily the, the training centers in, uh, in the cities have been great, uh, been very accommodating for us. So that's, uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but, uh, not too bad. Yeah. Well, you guys get going the wind rentals
1: world Mixed curling championship, 2018 in British Columbia, uh, help me with how you say the city name. Is it Kelowna?
3: Yes, Kelowna, British Columbia.
1: Kelowna, British Columbia. And that's October the 13th through the 20th. So your first game is actually going to be on Saturday. I believe you guys got Finland up first but you know just uh you know just kind of take us to to how you guys have been preparing you know you have you obviously have to go through the summer but as this thing has really got closer um you know just in the last couple months you played the saint paul caspial over the weekend you know staying sharp you know how has all the preparation gone on and off the ice to get ready for you know to represent team usa at the world mixed curling championship
3: yeah it's been going really well um you know the you, know, you think that you know having six months off is going to be a challenge and it can be but also having that extra time to you know um you know get your summer to do a lot more uh lifting and getting in the gym and doing the stuff you need to prepare for that and and being able to do that grind, um, as well as working on some fundamental stuff that got a little sloppy throughout the year, uh, being able to clean some of that stuff. We've been working um, with a couple coaches, uh, our main coach, Andrew McMakin, and then also Tyler George with some uh, strategy things as well, um, has been great. You know, we were able to learn those skills, um, work on them all, all summer, and then it was great to get into the, the St. Paul Cache this last weekend. Uh, had a good showing there and, and finally be able to test those skills against some really good competition and just to see how far, you know, our all that preparation's paid off and, and you know we had a we had a great weekend i think we were some people were su- su- surprised by our results um uh but hey i mean it, it's nice to see see that success after all that work put in yeah you can follow evan on twitter at evan work and that's without the g
1: as most everybody would probably know that around the curling world but uh certainly want everybody to, to stay in touch and you know keep up with you guys as you know certainly everybody can follow the action online at worldcurling.org and you mentioned tyler george the, who has stepped away from curling but what has that been like to have tyler kind of uh you know in the team camp you know you got your coach sandrick mcmahon who is your team coach but you know tyler coming on and, and and just giving talking to you guys you know bringing some of that experience at the world level you know what has he brought to per, to this team so far in just a short time
3: yeah our biggest thing was like that new but the new five rock rule you know we uh-huh. played our national championship in the four rock format, and we yep. you know we played it very very well as a mixed team. we were able to execute you know essentially a men's strategy a men's game strategy with it. you know we have a very strong hitting team uh Rachel's able to throw that high hard one for all five foot two of her, so um <laughs> it, it really helped bring that. That extra element to it, and then having the five rock, we've kind of had to refocus. And and Tyler having experience with that on the world level and a lot of the Grand Slams this um, past year, um, you know, he came in and he worked through through it with us. Uh, made us feel a lot more comfortable about some of that strategy stuff. Um, and he's just very patient with us, um, not overloading us with too much information. So uh, it was great to have that. Um, he's always chatting with me here and there. Hey, do you see this? Did you see yeah, that? Um, sure which is nice to have. Um, so he's really thinking about us, uh, even if it's not always around. Yeah, as you guys uh, get ready to go into
1: this uh, this, ch- this world championship, 35 countries going to be competing. 35 countries. That is an awful lot. But, you know, the U.S. has never won a... Uh, a medal you know in the in the previous i believe this will be the fourth world mixed championship uh, us never meddling at this event so i i know you're not putting that kind of pressure on yourself that it's podium or bust but wh- you know what is just the kind of attitude you guys have as you get ready to go into pool play you're going to be in Pool B or in Group B. Uh, you got, you know, some really good, obviously outstanding teams in that pool with you. But you know, what is just kind of the mindset is the way you guys are going to approach this thing, starting off with Finland on Saturday.
3: Sure. I mean, obviously, we did set that podium goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always should be your team's goal is strive right. for that. I mean, that that sets the preparation bar that high. And it's, do we want to go there and have yep. fun or do we want to go there? And we do we want to do well. And, you know, we said, well, let's put the work in to be at that top level, to be on the podium level. And that was, you know, Sandra is very instrumental. And, you know, she sat down with us when we were talking about being our coach, she said, what do you guys want to do? And uh-huh. that's what we said, we said, we wanted a medal. She's like, well, we're going to do the work to do it. And, and we feel like we put the preparation in for that. So, um, but obviously we have a very difficult pool, a lot of very good curling countries in there. Um, You know, Switzerland being in there, they're, they've been one of the top teams the last how many years, every year at this yep. thing. um, You know, so we got to focus on pool play to start. We can't look ahead, you know, the old cliche, one game at a time. And that's just what we have to do in, in order to, you know, to make it to the end. And obviously we want to be top three out of that pool, top three out of our pool, move on to the playoffs and, and uh-huh. that's the that's the first goal and then we'll take it from there so you got Russia
1: also in the pool I mean many other you got not total of nine teams in in pool b but how much do you know about the team Switzerland clearly has been on the world stage along with Russia but how, how much do you really know about you know these teams in your group that you're going to
3: be going up against you know we don't we don't know a whole lot. They didn't really announce the teams that like the actual team members that made it uh-huh. to us until recently, you know, we kind of had to go dig for it. Um And you kind of, you know, you do your social media creep a little bit and check <laughs> on who these people were. And a lot of them have world level experience. I know that, you know, um two players on the Russian team were at the world cup in the mixed doubles, Um, you know, so very good players there. They got that experience, you know, they've been already started off their season, um, you know, playing at a high level. So um, but other ones, you know, junior, junior world's experience and things like that. So, I mean, we don't know a ton, but we're just going to assume that, you know, this is a world championship and they're all going to be good. All right, uh, Evan, as we get ready to wrap up here, just
1: really appreciate this time you, yourself, your three teammates, just some of the, 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 the nicest, most genuine people I, I've met in curling uh, in the short time I've been around. And it's just, you know, to say we're pulling for you is an understatement. But, you know, what has it been like? You know, when we talked last time, I, I know uniforms and, you know, you're t- you thinking about, you know, representing Team USA. But now that you've got that Team USA uniform, you've got that flag, you know, on, on the uh, on the Nike uniform, you know, how does it feel to put that thing on and, and envisioning yourself walking out, uh, you know, in the opening ceremonies on, starting on Saturday?
3: Yeah, it's going to be – probably definitely going to be an emotional moment uh you know all of our uniforms came in the mail and and you know just kind of sitting there and open up the box and you kind of see your name on the back of that and you know with usa right below it it's it it was you know a lot of hard work finally coming to fruition so um you know we got a lot of family and friends coming up there uh, to support us so we're hoping that the cowbells are ringing and (laughs) and uh got that you know that home crowd support behind us
1: yeah, I know the uh the Fargo Moorhead curling club there and uh you know in the uh in, in your area there Fargo's gonna be be rocking with, with a lot of emotion, intensity, but especially those folks that are going to be making, it, making the trip up to British Columbia to have that kind of taste of home and, like you said, some cowbells and some American flags waving. I know when you look up in the stands, you know, it would be a lot of pride, emotion, but also a lot of excitement to see those familiar faces there that have got your back, that have, that have just played such an instrumental journey, not just yours, but your wife, Rachel, uh, Christina, and Jordan's, you know, curling career, you know, blossoming on the world stage at this point.
3: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really exciting. Can't wait.
1: Yep. All right, Evan. Well, we'll let you go. I know you're packing. You're getting ready to get out the door to head to British Columbia. But look, from all of us here at the Twelve Inch Sports Network, from myself, from from BA, and certainly uh, the Godfather Joe Calabrese himself, man, y'all, y'all go give him hell. Good luck, and to say we're pulling for you. Understatement of the year. Go Team USA. Hey, thanks, Price. Appreciate it. All right. Really enjoyed that time with Evan working and certainly wishing those guys all the best of luck as they get going up there in British Columbia tomorrow. That being Saturday. October the 13th. All right, I told you a little bit earlier, caught up with Derek Brown at the last slam, but uh, the Elite 10 in Chatham Kent, Ontario, just a couple weeks ago, and bringing that conversation here with Coach Derek Brown, the director of the high performance program with USA Curling, as he talked about a lot of new faces that you're going to see on the bench as far as coaches for all the respective teams in the high performance program. Here's my conversation with Derek Brown. All right, here with our good friend Derek Brown, the director of the high performance program and coaching for the USA Curling. And Derek, what's the summer been like, man? It was a fun, awesome, fantastic year. And first of all, we got to say congratulations.
4: Well, thanks, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, it was an awesome season we had last year. I mean, the on top of the gold medal Olympics, uh, you know, Jamie winning the Players Championships, and with so many good results throughout the season, you know, the the teams of claimed in the rankings. It's it's fantastic to see.
1: Did you finally have a chance once the I mean everything finally started to settle and you kind of get back and you sit in your recliner there and 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 say, "Damn, that was pretty awesome. That was fun." It finally hit you.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a busy busy season even after the Olympics, you know, because we had uh we had women's worlds, men's worlds um you know, mixed doubles. It's and then the season goes runs right into, into May now with the the Champions Cup. Um, so, yeah, finally, when I had some downtime, it was probably about July, yeah. being honest. Um, we have to plan for the for the next quad, so we had to have the whole the four year plan into the USOC. They gave us like a month's grace, what they normally do. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's just that's that's the normal. I mean, it's it never really stops for me and yeah July was the only month I didn't travel yeah
1: all right we got a new season upon us we're obviously here in Ontario at the slam and you know things have been going on for a couple weeks but you got some new look lineups here especially on the women's side just kind of talk about the overview the changes Jamie's team you've got uh, nothing with Nina's team but Corey's team switching things up a little bit and obviously Madison Bear coming up and aging out of juniors playing with Corey now
4: yeah, I mean that was that was an easy one. I mean, Maddie Bear's a fantastic young talent, and she she was in the program, played with Corey and, and and the Anderson girls in that junior team that that won a silver medal in 2016. So you know, slotting Maddie up to play the positions she played in that team a couple of years ago, you know, that was that was straightforward. Um, you know, some of the girls had. Wanted different levels of commitment, and uh, so we did. We ended up switching a couple of players around. Um, You know, part of it was, uh, you know, we we, we talked to the teams, we talked to the coaches, and you know, a couple of players wanted to commit less, and some some players wanted to do more. So we just, uh, you know, we we switched a couple of players around. I mean, we've got, I think we've got, you know, three fantastic teams. Mm -hmm. We, you know, and we also added in, in Tara Peterson to the as fifth for nina yeah. so obviously it's i think it's well known that eileen's pregnant so um tara's going to be playing the second half of the season yeah and that lineup
1: all right uh you, you know that changes are expected especially coming out of a quadrennial after olympics no matter what kind of results and stuff you have you know they're going to happen how do, how do you like try and mix and match players when you know when you start moving around you look at personalities you look at styles obviously what's needed i mean that's not that's not an easy
4: task no, I mean, but the, the the girls we have in the program I mean pretty much they 've all been there since since we made the major changes in two thousand and fourteen you know back then we we really hand picked a couple of teams and then 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 we expanded to a third team um, you know but we mixed and matched two or three times finding lineups and in the previous quad, you know by by year two we had a, the lineups were set, so with nina 's lineup was set. and... And Corey's lineup was set, and then Jamie's lineup was set. So they had they were a couple of years of mm-hmm. just feeling their way around things, and then there were a couple of years as, yeah. as as those teams, and we, you know, and you know we had a we had a fantastic Olympic trials with those three teams, mm-hmm. and you know we, whoever came out of that would have been a a fantastic rep for us
1: all right on the guy's side Plys moves in for tyler george but then you got richie and his crew that joined the high performance program they had a fantastic run at the end of the year and made i mean the rally they kind of staged a mini schuster there the world championships <laughs> the way they came back and then really the interesting the third team is a little bit of a hodgepodge of guys you bring mark finner back in alex fenson's in then cory who played with heat uh on that team i mean it's a uh you know kind of an interesting mix there with with your third high performance team but you know just kind of a overview on the men's side going into the season with our three teams.
4: Yeah, so we kind of new Tyler had planned to take a year out at, at least um so you know we felt and we, Phil and I talked to the team and talked to John and, and we felt Chris was the, you know a natural placement in that lineup. Um I mean, they played played together in in, in the past. It's uh, you know they the live in Duluth. It's yeah. uh, it's an easy fit to put Chris in that lineup, and uh, you know they've started the season you know pretty well. They're playing good. Um, they haven't played many events yet, but they've been they've had a couple of they've qualified in the events they've played in, so um, they're doing good. Um, you know, Rich's team. Wow, I mean, they they just got together last December. They win their first spiel. Play together. They just played so good at nationals, and you know, and once they got on a roll at Worlds, you know, they you know, they, they could have beaten Gushu in that yeah. in that playoff game, you know. But they, they did fantastic to get to that stage of the World Championships. Um, first time for a few mm-hmm. of them, um, for a couple of them, it was their first World championship so it was, uh, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was great to see those yeah. guys just they just formed and. and hit. Hit a hot streak yeah. this season, and and they've been playing. They've taken down some scalps already this season. Yeah.
1: So, all right, last question for you because I know you want to get back to watching some curling. Just real quick, you
4: know. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. Absolutely. absolutely. The third men's team, um, the third men's team is actually a reformation of of their junior team from 2016. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, uh, Mark Mark's calling the game, and Corey's throwing last rocks. But I mean, but those guys are playing in the positions they were. Uh, a couple of years ago when they won a silver medal at World yeah. Juniors so um, when, when you know, Heath was Heath was retiring or stepping back uh, um, Chris had moved to play with Schuster so we had Corey and Tom and uh, you know it was a natural fit to p- put the old team back together mm-hmm.
1: All right, some new faces on the uh, the coaching staff, the coaching bench. You got uh, Pete Fenson now, who's come on board on the staff, and that's exciting to you and everybody. And then also uh, some of the women's coaches. You got uh, Brian Cochran and Howie Restall. You know, so some uh, new faces that everybody's going to see uh, along working with the uh, our high performance teams this year.
4: Yeah, we've got a few a few extra bodies on, on staff now. Um, so I mean, we changed up the. The setup up a little bit you know um, phil 's overseeing the whole the whole coach the whole coaching staff uh, you know, that 's phil 's new role as his director of coaching um, so he 's working with all of the team coaches but the the big plus for the teams and for us is they 've all got their own team coach now you know it 's something it's we haven 't had in the past digital haven 't had the resources or the of the manpower really to do that. So yeah, we've got some awesome coaches working with the teams and uh, you know it's, it's early season but I'm getting around to spend time with these guys. And then yeah, Pete Fenson, who we had in the programme a few years back but he's, uh, he's overseeing the women's programme so he's, he's doing a lot of travelling right now getting to know the, the three women's teams and, and the new coaches that have come on board as well.
1: So that means you get to sit back up in like the suite with your feet up on the uh, on the desk, like you were in Vegas, where you just got to watch your guys go to work while you get to kick back and just bask in the glory, Mister Coach Brown.
4: <laughs> well, kidding, kidding. Well, well, um, we'd always planned the Vegas worlds. I was not going to sure. be on the coach bench. Know. You know that was that was planned at the outset. So uh, um, yeah, we had Phil and we had Scott Beard, and we'd said at the start of the season, you know the. That, that, it was probably Scott's last coaching yeah. event. Um, he's, he's taken a, a year out and maybe more, and maybe, maybe that's him retired for good this time. But uh, so, um, yeah, I would plan to do that. Thanks
1: for the time, Derek. <laughs> Thanks,
4: Bryce. All right,
1: that's Coach Derek Brown right there. Also appreciate his time. All right, when we come back, we got the segment you can't refuse here on the extra, extra, extra and Podcast, Episode 2. Joe Calabrese bringing that to you each and every week. This week, spotlighting the Fort Wayne Curling Club, and that's coming up next here on the extra, extra, extra and Podcast with the 12th Inn Sports Network. I'm going to make him an offer again can with you.
2: Welcome to the segment you can't refuse on the Extra Extra End Podcast. It's Godfather Joe Calabrese. I'm joined today by the co-founder of the Fort Wayne Curling Club, Mr. Craig Fisher. Craig, welcome to the podcast.
5: Thank you, Joe. I hope you're doing well.
2: Thanks. I hope you're doing well, too. Craig, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the sport of
5: curling. So my wife and I have have a special needs child who was about 12 in 2006, and after watching the 2006 Olympics... My wife decided that, that was, this was a game, curling was a game that he could play with us. So we drove two and a half hours each way to Bowling Green, Ohio for six Sundays in a row with a couple of friends to, uh, to try out the sport. We both loved it and my son loved it. So we were, we were hooked.
2: So he's still playing today
5: or no? He does, he does play. We've got a special needs league that we run and he plays in that. Well, that's
2: pretty terrific. It's, curling is a game that uh, people of all ages and abilities can play. It's pretty terrific. It's a great story. So you're one of the co-founders of the Fort Wayne Curling Club. Uh, tell me a little bit about Fort Wayne's curling history and how you started the club.
5: So interestingly enough, there was a Fort Wayne Curling Club back in the 1880s. There's a local, uh, you know, very rich person from the, from the 1800s that brought in Scottish tradesmen to build his mansion. And there's actually history of them curling on the lake in front of his mansion, which is now a part of St. Francis University. So curling had been around, seems to have died off in about the 1920s. And in 2010, after having to give up curling for four years because uh, Bowling Green didn't offer uh, curling opportunities on the weekend at that point, uh, we went to get something started in Fort Wayne and uh, ended up hooking up with one individual who had started a... Facebook page and a website, and then also with Dr. Greg Eigner, who was a competitive curler that curled in the 2005 Olympic trials. So the four of us, my wife and I, Dan McCoy and Greg Eigner, founded the club in 2010. We met in March and picked up some stones and other equipment. Memorial Day weekend and June 4th, we were on the ice for the first time. And two months later... 40 team bond. So it was a bit of a whirlwind that first, that those first few months.
2: My goodness, you went two months in and you had a 40 team bond spiel.
5: Yeah. So that was one of the conditions of the ice arena that we started to curl at was that they wanted us to run tournaments and me being, uh, naive and really not knowing what a bond spiel was, you know, I said, well, let's shoot for 48 teams. And Greg just shook his head and said, there's no way. And he's right. We didn't get to 48. We only got to 40 teams, but, uh, that was the first uh, Fort Wayne summer spiel, uh, which over time became the largest curling uh, summer bond spiel in the US for a while. One year we had 60 teams on 12 sheets of ice. And in fact, the last year we held it at the arena, we hosted uh, team Cassie Potter, team Allison Pottinger, team Erica Brown, team Courtney George, team Eve Muirhead, team Bing Yu Wang. Uh, all in a women's cash field that was one of the different events within the 2013 Fort Wayne Summers Field.
2: Boy, that's quite a who's who of women's curlers right there.
5: Exactly. And, you know, we've also had Hamilton, Plies, Tyler George, John Benton uh, at our events, you know, uh, when we were doing that. And, you know, as people know, summer ice uh, in an arena setting is, is interesting and, and uh, valuable to uh, to the high-performance curlers to get out in an arena setting, especially early in the season in an Olympic year.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit about arena curling and, and getting started in an arena curling uh, facility. What were some of the challenges that you encountered as getting this off the ground?
5: Uh, it's a combination of things. First, obviously, is the money, right? You've got to buy stones. You've got to find an arena that's willing to accommodate you. We got lucky in that uh, when we started the club up in 2010, there was a brand new three-hockey rink arena that had just been built, wasn't even open yet, and uh, we went in and talked to them and said, you know, we just need, we don't need anything from you other than ice time and a place to store our rocks. So they were very interested in supporting us, Um, you know, it helped them launch, you know, more easily by having some, some ice time committed, et cetera, so... Arenas, one of the important things, and obviously having a good relationship with the arena and getting in just as it was opening was, and you know, basically the ice guy was brand new. It helped us to really build a strong relationship with the ice guy, which at an arena is always very, very important. Um, Getting the money for the stones, uh, we did a a bit of a unique thing in that we offered, uh, you know, we asked for a number of members to give an upfront, uh, an upfront payment. In exchange for you know, basically it was pay us twelve hundred dollars now and get a sixteen hundred dollar credit with the club. So essentially, they were getting four hundred bucks as long as they stuck around and curled with us for a while. That helped us raise some of the initial money, and then you know we, we were able to buy some stones with some some financing from Steve's Curling Supplies. So uh, uh, we were able to to make it happen. You know, in, in just a couple of months, really three months. Uh, to get a club started up
2: so there you have so it guys it, yeah, i mean if you're at home and you're thinking about starting a curling club you can you can pull it off in a short amount of time if you uh, have the will and the resources uh, that's for sure we're, we're talking with craig Fisher, co-founder of the fort wayne curling club uh, we were talking a little bit about uh arena ice and that's how the club got started but now you're in a dedicated facility and you have some news about uh what's next for the fort wayne curling club why don't you fill us in on that
5: Sure. So just, you know, the history, as everybody knows, curling in an arena is not an ideal setting. You have challenges with ice quality, ice time, the cost of ice, uh, you know, know, not getting barbings of that nature. So after the 20, in 2013, leading up to the 13 Olympic Games, we knew we wouldn't be able to take advantage of the Olympics the way we needed to and, and would Continue to suffer, you know, attrition of the club over the next four years if we didn't really take advantage of the Olympics. So, we only had about 24 members at the time, but we had a a couple of members that were willing to put some money forth and uh, a lot of money forth, and and others that were willing to put a decent amount of money forth. and And we decided to do the "Field of Dreams" approach and build it, and they will come. So, uh, we had 24 members curling with us when we started the process of moving into a rented facility. We cost us $375,000 and took us three and a half months, but on January 14th of 2014, we opened our own three-sheet club, and since that time, we've been through now two Olympic cycles. We're up to 90-plus members, about 170 when you count our rookies and our special needs curling program, so a lot of growth since then, uh, which has been great. Um, but as as any place does, we, we had some challenges, right? As as we continue to grow, you know, not now, we're not at capacity now, but at some point in the future, we, we hope to be at capacity on a three-sheet club and would like to get to four, but our current facility doesn't allow that just because of the size of the building. It only has two bathroom spa- stalls, so when you host a 2014 Bonspiel on three sheets and you've got 96 people in the, in the place, uh, two bathrooms when you've got a bar is... is sometimes problematic. Uh, And we also had a really cool uh, brew pub open up right next door to us, literally on the other side of the wall from our warm room. Uh, But that generates a lot of parking issues. Um, So we just happened to fortuitously uh, identify a building that had recently become vacant. It was owned, it was uh, occupied by Habitat for Humanity's Restore uh, company, which is where they buy and sell used uh, parts for you know, houses and, and things of that nature. And we contacted the owner, he hadn't even put it up for sale, talked to him about what we were trying to do, and, and he made us a, an offer uh, to finance the place. So uh, we're getting this building, uh, we close on it in, in, in a week and a half, so knock on wood, I'm not jinxing it by talking about it. Uh, but we closed on the 15th, and it's 15,000 square foot warehouse that'll give us four sheets of ice, It'll give us a warm room of about thirty-five hundred square feet, and then it also has this weird little uh, old house attached to the front of it, which will be our bathrooms and our warm room and our changing rooms, etc. But it's going to give us four sheets of ice, five bathrooms, thirty-five hundred square foot uh, warm room, which is three times our current size, seventy parking spots in a much better, better insulated building, uh, which is obviously something the ice guys are interested in, and and building without issues with the roof. So our plan is to close on it in a week and a half, run our 2018-2019 season at our current facility, and open at the new building in September of 2019.
2: Well, there you have it. A big announcement here by uh, Craig Fisher, Fort Wayne Curling Club, going to be moving to a new facility next year, taking advantage of that Olympic bump. That's, uh, that's, That's some terrific news there, Craig. I think you know, having that kind of capacity and a warm room of, of that nature and, and all the facilities that you mentioned is going to just help uh, grow your club uh, to the next level. So tell me a little bit about maybe how your membership has changed. You talked a little bit about like, you know, the growth in the, in the number of members, but you know, is there an excitement building over this, this announcement and, and what you're able to accomplish? There is, there's, there's,
5: it's a mix, right? There's, there's excitement. People are excited about the new facility uh, when we built the current facility, there are really about 12 members that spent every day at the facility. So they're, they're excited about it, but they're also going, oh, God, we got to do this again. Because, uh, you know, when you do these sorts of things, you, you do as much as you can through volunteers uh, so that you're not paying through the nose on contractors and stuff like that. But uh, everybody's excited about it. I've, you know, I've had a few people come up to me, you know, a week or two before curling season starts and say, yeah, I'm excited about curling season. But I'm really excited about the new facility. Definite excitement. We're we're working on our on our capital uh, campaign. That you know the good thing is is that the guys offering us this they're selling us this building for one and a half percent down. So for you know for under ten thousand dollars we're getting into this new building, and our monthly payments are not significantly more than our current rent and maintenance on the that facility. But it's still going to be anywhere from about 120 to $220,000 to convert this warehouse into a curling club. We can move most of our ice equipments. We're on the CalMac ice mat system, and uh, the chiller has capacity for, you know, four sheets, if, if not more. So a lot of that can move. But we've got to, you know, we've got to put up walls. We've got to add 400-amp service into the building. Uh, we've got to do a bunch of things. So working through the capital campaign. We've, we've got a bunch of money committed from our members, and I think we'll get some more from that. But, you know, I think the majority of our funding is actually going to come from grants from organizations that do things with special needs uh, people. Because of the special needs curling program that we run, we've got a grant from a local foundation that probably gives us a, between 15 and 20 grand a year to run a special needs curling program. But because we're doing something with special needs and not just a bunch of people throwing stones and drinking beers, you know, people are interested in in funding us and and helping us do our growth. So, for any, my recommendation for anybody that's looking to move to dedicated ice from Arena or get into a new facility, start now. Be an asset to your community. Don't just do curling you know, reach out to organizations. We do stuff with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Boys and Girls Clubs, American Cancer Society. If you're an asset to your community, people are going to be open to giving you money uh, for capital projects or for running programs. And I think people typically, you know, running a curling club is, is difficult, especially in the early years. It's time consuming and people are just focused on the curling aspect. But if you make yourself an asset in the community, uh, it's going to pay off in the long run for you. So, do things like that, and your chance of success in the future is going to be significantly higher.
2: Yeah, Craig, I would agree. I mean, I'm a nonprofit uh, fundraising professional, and I've been so for over 20 years. And, and you know, I'm starting to see the connections that can be made from curling uh, programmatically, but also uh, in a fundraising capacity. Um, it's great. It's a great thing that you're doing out there in Fort Wayne, and it's it's great that it's helping you help build this new facility. Um, tell me a little bit you know we, we talked a little bit about that that program and that's terrific I know you have some events that you're also promoting coming up this season uh, tell me a little bit about those bond spiels
5: sure so we run typically four bond spiels a year we just finished up what we're now calling the end of summer spiel which is the the former Fort Wayne summer spiel moved from August into September so we just had that you know, a week ago and uh a we feel in november i believe it's november 17th to 19th uh, the matt anthony used to be a men's bonds spiel but we're we're pretty open to anybody participating it's part of the ontario curling tour um and great lakes curling tour so similar to the cash field that they run in kalamazoo a few weeks before us uh, we've got that cash field typically a, a you know smaller sort of tier two cash field type of event a great opportunity for individuals wanting to dip their foot in some real you know, you know in traditional bond spiel, a great chance for them to come out and, and play sort of at the next tier of, of curling ability uh, that's out there. So sort of a feeder into some of the, the, the larger events. Uh, we also have in March a, our open our Summit City Open bond spiel, and then uh, we have a women's two-day spiel in April, uh, the Stone Cold Beauties. So, really encourage people uh, that that want to come out uh, play on the play on our old old facility. These are the last ones of each of these bond spiels that'll be run at our current facility. So, if you haven't been out to our current facility, come on out and uh, join us for one of these bond spiels so that you can say that you curled at the old Fort Wayne uh, Curling Club and not the uh, not the new one that'll be around next year.
2: That sounds great, Craig. You on. on- All these spiels, I assume, are going to be uh, streamed on TESN as you're one of our affiliates?
5: Absolutely. We stream everything we do on TESN, uh, whether that's our leagues, whether that's our bond spiels, whether it's our learn-to-curls. Our corporate events really eat up the the stream and and the ability to to view the archive. So the relationship we have with TESN and what we've been able to do over the years has been a real – Positive and a, a big part of our success is the ability to uh, to have people come out, say for a corporate event, and, and be able to go back and show their friends what they did uh, through that uh, viewing that of that archive, etc.
2: Yeah, it's great publicity for uh, for getting new members. That's for sure. Now, I want to thank you so much, Craig, for being on the uh, podcast today. Um, good luck this season and the final season at the old facility, and, and definitely. Good luck at the new facility coming up next season. Um, Make sure that you visit the Fort Wayne Curling Club as you make your bond spiel plans this year. And don't forget to check out uh, the club during their streamed bond spiels and their league play all throughout the year on TESN. And remember, if you want us to profile your club on the uh, segment that you can't refuse, please email us at 12thendsn at gmail.com. Thanks again, Craig, for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on the segment, You Can't Refuse, or You'll Sleep with the Fishes.
1: All right, man, action-packed lineup, Joe. Great great interview there with the Fort Wayne Curling Club. Appreciate you uh, bringing that segment again this week, and you know, everybody, they can listen to us every single week on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there, Stitcher, uh, Blog Talk Radio, and without a doubt, T-E-S-N dot U-S. All episodes will be posted, so you can click right there. Just search the, for the podcast tab in the uh, the menu bar at the top. So many, many ways. If you like what we do, tell a friend. Give us a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll take five stars. We'll take four Whatever you want to give us, but uh, yeah, Joe, just another great segment there. And if people want to, you know, get in touch with us, they want to uh, have their club, their you know their local their local club, what they're doing, exciting things they've got going on, club history. You know, it's an exciting time around USA Curling. They can get in touch with us and uh, let us know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. you want to catch us on Facebook or on Twitter, you know, let us know that you're interested, and then uh, I'll, I can get in touch with you, and we can work it out. Next week, we've got the uh, Columbus Curling Club uh, lined up. Aaron Frim, who's the president of the club, had a chance to sit down with me yep. uh, earlier this week, and we'll have that inter- interview for you next time. Yeah.
1: So, uh, no, you, you know, they had a fun summer. You know, they had a really fun spring and summer up there. They had the Schuster guys in town. Uh, uh, what is the the pro golf tournament? Help me out. Jack Nicholas is uh, the memorial. Yeah, uh, they had the memorial up there. They were they were at the Columbus Crew game. I know they're uh, one of their sponsors, Pursuit, uh, Pursuit um, the clothing company. You know, they rolled out the red carpet and so did the Columbus Curling Club. So, That'll be pretty fun to have those guys on next week. So we will bring that to you then, and also we'll work on our guest lineup for next week as well. But, Joe, this coming weekend, as we told you, you know we've got Curly Night in America starting tonight. But speaking of John Schuster, who will be on the feature game on the first Curly Night in America episode against Italy, John Schuster and Rich Ruin, and those guys will both be playing this coming weekend They will be on the ice with the potential if they both win their first round game or if they both lose their first round game, they will have a showdown against each other. And I know there's been a little bit of trash talk already on Twitter coming mostly from the ruining camp, specifically uh, Colin Huffman, but at the Canadiens Men's Classic in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba
2: yeah interesting lineup there you got some of the the top teams playing in this one you got glenn howard you got brad jacobs you got kevin coey uh you got uh McEwen and uh you got uh dunstone and I mean, it, it's a it's a lineup of superstars on the canadian side and there's two lone u.s teams and and they're matched up in the same bracket basically and it's feel it does feel like there's some sort of conspiracy to keep a u.s team down but uh we'll see what happens uh hopefully they'll both get that opportunity to play each other in that uh that second round because they'll both have won that first game
1: so uh i believe on the women's side i believe the women's side is uh is fairly light this weekend i was looking i don't think any of the u.s women's teams ross sinclair christensen seneker i didn't see where any of them are in action joe did you were you able to pick them up anywhere
2: I haven't, you know, and thinking back, you know, Sinclair played, I think, seven games on route to just missing uh, the playoffs. They probably wouldn't mind a week off.
1: Yeah, I think I'm almost positive. I remember Sarah Anderson telling me that they did have the weekend off as I was looking through everything this weekend. I don't see any of the U.S. women's teams uh, in action. So, yeah, good good chance to have the weekend off as, you know, next weekend you've got, uh, uh, you've got the Canadiens Women's Classic. Uh, you got the Masters Tour event, but the Canadiens Women's Classic also imported La Prairie that Nina Roth won last year uh, to really kind of inject themselves into the Grand Slams and certainly the Champions Cup at the end of the season. Um, But an interesting event, uh, by the way, I was going to tell you about it, uh, the China Open. Have you heard anything much about the China Open in Beijing that's being uh, hosted next week?
2: No, I haven't. Tell me a little bit more. Uh,
1: So the China Open, $100,000 U.S prize money on the line, not Canadian, but US. a hundred thousand is the purse. And I believe the winner getting 50 and I was looking at the lineup uh, and I was talking to some of the teams at the, uh, the first, at the first slam up at, um, uh, in Chatham Kent. And it's interesting that some of the teams that were invited, I know several teams turned down the opportunity to go to the China open because uh, it's a long way to go, but some pretty good prize money. But I was looking at the men's teams uh, that are going to be playing in the China Open. It's really a hodgepodge. And I was really surprised uh, because I was told that Schuster and those guys got an invitation that they turned down. But Nurnberger is skipping a team over there with Baton, Alex Lichter, and uh, Derek McLean. Right. you got the U.S. team, but really the headliners are Brad Gushu and Thomas Olshrood. After that, it's really some no-name teams with all that money on the line. I was talking to Jeff Walker, the lead for Gushu at the last slam, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, we're going to stumble in uh, to Truro in Nova Scotia for the next uh, the next Grand Slam that we've got, the Canadian Beef Masters. And he's like, I said, dude, to go over there and win 50 grand U.S. dollars, that's a, that's a I'd stumble back into the next slam uh, if you got the chance to win that. So, yeah, they're heading over there to play in that, uh, the China Open. I'll tell you about the women's here in a second.
2: Yeah, actually, I'm quickly looking at the women's teams, and Jennifer Jones sort of headlines that field. And we've got a U.S. team, uh, Duberstein, who just won in St. Paul. So, you know, maybe they're hot and they can uh, pull off a big paycheck.
1: Yep, you got Madeline DuPont from from Denmark that's going to be playing, and then Sophie Jackson from Scotland. She's skipping the Scottish team that they were at Curling Night in America, I believe, two years ago really good teams, and then you've got who knows what's going to you know happen below them. So yeah, really interest, just a really interesting event, uh, the China Open coming up not this weekend but the next, because I can tell you right now, Joe and talking to a lot of people around the sport, the Orient over there, uh, the Korea uh, the Korea, Japan, China with the Olympics four years away, they, they are already pouring, I mean pouring money into the sport of curling over there.
2: That's uh, a great thing. I mean, it's it's just going to elevate the game uh, to have uh, teams from all over the world uh, competing at the highest levels.
1: Let's go ahead and start wrapping this thing up. Is uh, is you know we got the World Mixed Curling Championships. We certainly want to wish Evan appreciate him giving us a few minutes before uh, they begin competition on Saturday morning. Long week that they've got out uh, in British Columbia, uh, but we're certainly behind them as they're wearing the stars and stripes and Team USA really. Really impactful interview. Uh, you could just kind of hear the emotion, just the excitement uh, of getting to be Team USA for the first time and how far, you know, Evan and Jordan Brown, Christina Lammers, and, and Evan's wife, Rachel. Pretty awesome that he'll be able to take the ice with his wife in the World Mix Championship, so Really good stuff, and I and I haven't seen any kind of TV lineup and coverage yet. But I know the World Curling Federation will will have some stuff from there live.
2: Yeah, that'd be terrific. I also want to shout out to uh, Team Hong Kong, Jason Chang, uh, guy from Toronto that I that I know from playing in yeah. an event that uh, he puts on uh, every year. Yep. Uh, good luck to them as well as they. Uh, I, I don't know how many times they've competed as a team. Uh, you know, in this particular event, but it's exciting to see his Jason has brought a men's team to uh, to play as well um, at this level. And I'm excited to see what he does in, in this mixed event.
1: Yeah. Good luck to Jason and his crew. So uh, if you like what we do again, subscribe iTunes, Apple podcast. Uh, check us out on TSN dot US. Uh, let us know if your club would like to be spotlighted on the segment. You can't refuse the Godfather himself uh, spearheads that every single week. So we'd love to have your club and find out, you know, some different cool things you guys are doing growth around the sport, new clubs that are forming. Let us know, drop us a line. And just visit us at tesn.us, and certainly always follow us on Twitter and like, give us a like on Facebook, the 12th N sports network, Joseph.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely follow us on social media. Cause that's where you're going to hear about all the cool events that are going to be streamed and all the podcasts that we uh, do each and every week.
1: All right, before we get out the door, give me a Bills report. Who do the Bills have this coming weekend?
2: Well, as we talked about earlier, we got the lucky win, uh, the the field goal win last week at home. Um, and this week we have to travel on the road to Houston. And I don't think the 86 yards passing by the Bills is going to get that done. And that's what we had last <laughs> week. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will – our defense will come to play, but I'm a little concerned about, uh, protecting our quarterback when JJ Watt is on the other side.
1: Well, my Carolina Panthers are at the Washington Redskins. I have to fight it out with Sean Murray and, uh, maybe trash talk to him a little bit, uh, over Facebook, but uh, all you gotta
2: do is convince him to watch the game and you're golden.
1: Yeah. Because they always lose when he watches it, right? That's right.
2: So you're no problem. Just so, convince him to watch the game.
1: All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Good, good curling to all our teams. Uh, You know, here at home and and those traveling uh, north up to Canada and, you know, ones that are uh, heading to China next week, just really good luck from all of us here at the Quilfin Sports Network. And all things USA Curling can be found right here on the Extra Extra In Podcast with the Quilton Sports Network. We do this every single week, and we will do it again next week, Joe. Until then, we will see you then.
2: Good curling, everybody.
0: Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th Inn Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. Are you looking for relief or a boost of energy to help you elevate your day? Call
2: 775-800-WELL to talk to our customer experience experts and learn about our cannabis and CBD products. We offer contactless curbside pickup, free delivery, and storefront shopping so we can get exactly what you need effortlessly and as quickly as possible. Order ahead online at sierrawell.com and pay when you pick up or at time of delivery.
3: Right now at Kohl's, it's the last minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus,
0: fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code Receive20. Offers and coupons do not apply to Toys and Beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or
3: Kohl's.com for details.